Welcome to the Freedom to Learn podcast, exploring freedom, autonomy and social justice in education. This recording was made at the 2020 Freedom to Learn online forum. Okay, so welcome everyone to our session on taking action, activism in public spaces. Um, before I begin, I'll just outline a few things about how, um, about how the session is going to be run. Um, about Changemakers Lab and some of our agreements for holding this space together. So the Changemakers Lab is a two-year program run by Phoenix Education, which supports 14 to 18-year-olds campaigning to reform the education system um, to better reflect their needs and rights. And as part of the Freedom to Learn Forum, Changemakers Lab is running a series of campaign training and change-making events. These are mixed-age events, and um, adults are welcome to join as allies. Um, we have a couple of, um, uh, of agreements um, that we'd like to share. Um, so firstly, we operate by the law of two feet, which means that you have two feet and you have the responsibility to use them in the best way that meets your needs. This means that you um, are welcome to stay if you're, if you're benefiting from it and enjoying the session. If you, th if you need something changed so that it better meets your needs, please let us know. And if it's not um, what you need, then you're welcome to to um, um, to leave. Um, we also normally operate in a circle. It's difficult to do that in a, on a screen. But um, what we'll do is we'll check in in the beginning when I'll invite everyone to introduce themselves and tell us who you are, um, where you're calling in from, and if you have any needs in order to participate fully in this session. And I'll go around the circle um, as I see you on my screen. Um, and we'll also finish with a checkout to hear how the, how the session was for you. So if we get started, I'd like to invite you to um, check in. So that is who you are, where you're calling in from. Do you have any particular needs today during this hour? And if you would also like to, then you can share an example of a, of a public action that you have taken part in, or even if it's an idea of something that you'd really like to do or something that's inspired you, you can share one of those. Now, at any time, you're, you're welcome to pass. You don't need to take part in, um, you don't need to share if you don't want to. So if you'd like to pass, you can just say that you'd like to pass. Um, so I'll start and go around my screen. I've actually got Sophie first, if you'd like to kick us off. Sure, I'm Sophie. Um, I'm a grassroots children's rights and education activist and have been for about 10 years. Um, this year I came in to post a CEO at Phoenix Education, but before that I've had lots of time working community um, with children and their families, um, creating uh, spaces for what I think is positively disruptive um, uh, being togetherness, <laughs> I guess. Um, and um, I'm based in the UK. I live on the Hearts Essex border and in London. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. In terms of public action, one that just came to mind was thinking about when um, when my eldest daughter was two, and I organised a forest-based meetup for parents that wanted to be in rights-respecting relationships with their children. And we would meet there once a week um, in that public place, and it was free to attend. And we would basically be in community together once a week um, to to feel strengthened and to, to I don't know, um, love on each other a little bit <laughs> and, and to play. So that would be one example of a public action that um, I've been part of in the past. Thank you. Um, Sui. 
Hi, um, I'm Simi. I'm from Southeast London. Um, I've got all the questions now that you asked. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any needs for this uh, No, no particular needs. Uh, and do you have, um, can you either share an example of a public action that you've been part of or something that you'd like to do or heard of? Um, for some reason, the first thing that came to my mind was um, a couple of years ago, I think I was in primary school, um, a march to save Lewisham Hospital because it was going to be shut down. And I went on, I dragged my mum to take me and I went to that. Amazing. Thank you. I also want to say, like just two months ago, you organised a doorstep protest, um, which is, is also a pretty cool. I don't know protest. why I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, Hamilton. Wait, I, can't, I think your others. Yeah, I, I got it. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm in. Um, hi, I'm, I'm Hamilton. Um, we live in, in San Francisco. Um, I, don't, I don't have any needs. Uh, I'm just, I'm really happy to be here. Um, and as far as public activism, um, the kids here unschool, which gives them time to get out into town. And so they participated in the um, hotel worker strike in San Francisco a few years ago um, it, it, because the, what, what they were doing was making noise outside of this, outside the Marriott chain of hotels, um, which the kids, that's one of our, some of the places inside were one of our hangouts. And um, the kids love making noise, and it was a great way to get them, you know, in, into that. And they also participated in the uh, Oakland teacher strikes a couple of years back. So, excellent. Thank you very much, um, Jan. Hi, uh, uh, my name is Jan. I'm an artist. Um, I uh, use public space to show my art a lot, and um, I've done some. Uh, activism in public space as well. Most recently, it was um, designing bus posters uh, to bring attention to Gillian Assange's arrests in London, and basically replacing uh, advertising in the um, in the on the bus stops with with our own posters. So that's the most recent campaign that's kind of related to what we're going to talk about today, and. Um, Oh, I'm in London, in East London. I live in East London, and I don't have any special needs. Um, Lilac. Leila. Hi. Yes, both are correct. Um, I, my name is Leilac, um, or Lilac, whichever you prefer. And I live in London, and I enjoy disrupting education while being in it, because um, I've been studying for seven years. <laughs> And um, I have a big interest in public space. And the reason I've been sort of leaving and coming back because I remembered a project I did. So I kind of brought some drawings to share very quickly. Is that okay? So um, I did this on my third year. So that was five years ago. Um, and I was so pissed off at like public spaces being uh, privatized. So you can't do shit in them. And then um, I had the idea that what about private spaces? What if we make private spaces into pseudo public spaces? So instead of pseudo public spaces, we have pseudo private spaces that then public activities happen inside of. So I thought of the Jubilee Gardens, uh, if you know. It's uh, next to London Eye. 
and uh, opposite the Shell building that is uh, uh, now become a Canary Wharf Limited new housing uh, for rich people that looks terrible and is terrible and doesn't fit there is what I thought. So I suggested that we give it to um, people called Action Space Limited who are um, activists, artist activists from the 70s and that it would look something like this. It would be some sort of houses that shield behind them a very big um, garden where lots of things happen and pigs fly and, and uh, they have inflatable making workshops. So that was a that was a quick thing. And I think the re the way it kind of happened is it got published in a university thing. So that's as public as it's got. But um, I am very angry and I have lots of things to think about. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Lilac. And that reminds me of two of, um, of a couple of things I want to before I go, go around the circle again. If someone says something that you love, that you agree with, feel free to wriggle your fingers, or there's also the clap function. And um, um, as part of this space, this is a non-hierarchical space. So we have some people here sharing, but we're really, really keen to hear everyone's experiences. So thank you very much for for that lilac. Everyone's opinions matters. There are no wrong answers. Um, and um, 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 yeah, and that's it. The others are not as relevant right now. So I'm going to come back to you, Kayo. I saw that your video's on. Would you like to introduce yourself? Where are you calling from? And an example of a public action? Are you ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, good afternoon, my name is Kayo. Um, I'm 14 years old, this time 14, two weeks ago. Um, I'm based in London, South East London, to be first. Um, I don't have any special needs. What was the other question? Because I didn't hear it. Do you have an example of a public action that you have taken, or one that you're dreaming of, uh, that you'd like to take? or one that you've heard of that you want to share with the group? Okay, um, public actions. Um, I've been taking on um, more youth clubs and free tutoring. Um, I'm also, yeah, I've been trying to do that and also still willing to continue, especially for the fashion pitches. So it would be great if I had some support on Sunday as well. Um, I'll be working on that. I had a meeting with the Bank of America um, and my teacher, my vice principal, actually invited me to come to these meetings. And they're really good. So I like I found people who are very keen on campaigning. So great to see people passionate about different things. So and I'm very looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Fakayo. I don't know if everyone could hear that. I can, we can I can also summarize it in the chat in a little bit. Um, but Hi everyone, uh, my name's Beth, I'm a she-her, um, I'm based in the southeast of England currently. I've kind of been out of the country for a couple of years, but um, so at the moment I'm retraining as a bench joiner and I'm a carpenter, but um, my kind of 
background with my career actually has been working in arts education. So I um, helped set up and run an art school in the southeast of England. I'm actually going to start working there for a couple of days a week in September. Um, and before, before a couple of years out of the country, I was really, really involved in um, the anti-fracking direct action movement across the UK. So going to different like anti-fracking camps and making different direct actions. And like one of my favorite actions that I made, so I, um, it was at the time I was doing my like teacher training and my teacher got me really into this writer, Paolo Ferrere, um, South American educationist. And I found him like super excited. I absolutely love his theory and his work. So an action that I made was um, buying several copies of his books and touring different anti-fracking camps in the UK and making public readings to the security guards um, using Ferrere's work. Um, can I ask you a question? What does anti-fracking mean? Um, so fracking is like a method of extracting um, gas from the earth, um, but it's really hazardous to the environment and like several, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's like the worst form of um, energy production. So the, oh. it was like an anti-fracking campaign. So we would go disrupt different sites by like climbing on lorries or... Um, or making slow walks, or like lots of different actions. Yeah. That's, that's very good. Thank you very <laughs> much, Beth. Um, Lucy. Hello. Um, uh, um, my name's Lucy. Uh, I don't have any uh, needs that aren't being met. Um, I'm a new facilitator with uh, Changemakers Lab. I'm very excited to be here. Um, and one example of an action I've done is uh, I've worked a lot as a community organiser with civil society groups, so bringing together, say, educational institutions and like uh, other groups like churches and doctors, universities, to try and affect change. And one example of that uh, was uh, having a creative action outside the Home Office two years ago with 400 kids who wrote poems and sang songs because they were excluded from being British citizens because they couldn't afford the citizenship fee. And doing that got us a meeting. Um, but, uh, so that's my background, but I'm a big fan of all the more uh, radical actions out there that I'm hearing about. Um, so that's really exciting. Thank you very much. And finally, I'll quickly introduce myself. I'm Rawan. I work for Phoenix Education and run the Changemakers Lab program. And I don't have any particular needs apart from if we can stay on topic. If you have questions that are outside, put them in the chat and we'll make sure they're answered because we're running 10 minutes late. Um, and just an example of a, of a direct action that I haven't done but I really want to do um, is to flash mob schools. So I've always wanted to bring a whole herd of goats into a school in the middle of the day. Um, just to like, just because school is so disconnected from the world, I wanna bring the world into the school if the school can't go out into the world. I'll talk about that a little bit more in my presentation in a minute, but flash mob schools with goats and maybe clowns, maybe goats and clowns together, I'm not sure. Um, that's something I'd like to do. All right, so um, getting started, um, we'll kick off with um, Lucy, who's going to ask, why might we want to take public action? Thank you very much, Rowan. So, yeah, couldn't have expressed it better myself. Why <laughs> might you take public action? So this is just a quick fire thing. Um, so I'd really like everyone, uh, if you can think of some examples uh, of why you might take action, and I want you to quick fire post in the chat. 
And can I just check if everyone understands what public action is compared to any other type of action? Is everyone comfortable with the terminology? Yeah. All right. If you're not, just give us a chat and, I'll, and we can chat in the box. I'm really liking Sophie's contributions. So to bring attention to an issue, to meet a personal need, network and build community with other people who care about the same thing. Really, really nice. Um, ooh, question your right to use public space. Nice. Disrupt normative behaviours. Yeah, love that. Rally public support. Uh, question why we are not allowed to do but not spoken about. Reach out to people who might not hear. These are all fantastic. In fact, a lot of these are better than my own. Um, so I, I think these are all really, really exciting. Um, so I put together just a few, some of which overlap, some of which don't. Um, but before I do that quickly, um, can anybody just uh, explain, perhaps uh, Beth, could you explain what you mean by disrupt normative behaviours? Um, yeah, I suppose I, it's quite broad, actually, but it could be normative in terms of like what is expected from society or what's expected in terms of like your gender or your class or your race or, um, yeah, your kind of social position. Mm, I really like that. Thank you very much. OK, well, we are running low on time, so I'm just going to put together some of the ideas that we've had. Um, so yeah, a lot of the overlap here. So we put together, so to advance your own campaign, so to think about it on a small scale, it could be a really good way to get your campaign out of a rut. So you're trying to meet with someone or you're trying to get some support and you're not going anywhere. It can be quite um, disruptive and get attention. So to force change um, where legislation or decision makers won't. So in previous sessions, we did some power mapping and we were saying, yeah, well, what if the decision maker just says no? Or what if you can't get your win? Well, this is often when direct action happens um, because there is this power vacuum or is there's this lack of, you can't really get your campaign to go anywhere. Um, it could be outrage over a long-held injustice. We've seen the latest um, at, um, yeah, Black Lives Matter activism happening in the wake of George Floyd. And this is not a new thing, but it was the latest wave of injustice. Um, similar to that, something big could be going on. So people could be riding the wave of change. And we've seen that with youth strikes, XR. It could be doing something creative. It just draws attention in a way that other things won't. And it's imaginative. So it can show us how the world could be in ways that other campaigning can't. It disrupts the norm. Um, I really like, early like your... Um, your kind of reimagining of how our public spaces and cities could be. And I think public action can do that in ways that other types of campaigning really can't. So that's really fantastic. Uh, that's enough for me because we, we do need to move on. But hopefully that just gives you an idea uh, of why we take action. But all of your points were really, really fab. So um, I'll just quickly welcome um, Alison, who's just gone again. But I'll welcome her once she comes. Um, so what we're going to do now, so the structure of our session is that um, we've got four three-minute presentations ready of examples of ways that public actions have been used. And these are four ways which are really quite different. So um, each person is going to present for three minutes and then open it up for questions and discussion about what that form of action might mean, what the legality around it could be, some things to consider, when you might use it, when you might not use it. Um, and um, so that should take us up to about, about quarter two. So if we start off with Lucy, um, 
And Lucy, I'll, well, once you have a minute left, I'll just, I'll just indicate that you have a minute left. Awesome. Thanks, Rowan. Um, so, yeah, um, as I outlined before, I used to work uh, with a community organising organisation, uh, Citizens UK, so working with uh, civil society groups. Um, and one of the main areas of campaigning we did locally in Lambeth, where I was organising in South London, uh, was to run a campaign to win affordable homes in Brixton. And there were many parts of this campaign, but actions I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so in this campaign, action wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the, the only thing we did, but it advanced the campaign in several ways and at different stages. Um, so the campaign started in 2016, just before I arrived, uh, with young people uh, from the area identifying, trying to identify different bits of land uh, that were unused in the borough to um, try and build some genuinely and permanently affordable homes. So not the kind of, you know, legally legal definition of affordable, which can be anything up to 80% basically of the market rate. Um, so the first action that we did uh, was we actually walked around Brixton uh, and Lambeth area to try and find some pieces of land. So that was our first action. But in doing that, which people wouldn't normally do, we actually found some unused land uh, after doing some research and finding out what different bits belong to. So that was the first action. Um, we then found out that this piece of land that we'd chosen on Brixton Hill was owned by TfL and they were not using it because it was going to be uh, an underground station and never was. So we put in a bid alongside other community groups and won, but we needed um, to have money, a grant to release it and planning permission. Second action then. So we realized after some power mapping uh, that we needed to go and get some more allies and also link up with other people in the community. So we got together packed assemblies uh, with different community groups, universities, schools, faith groups, um, and packed assemblies with thousands of people in front of Lambeth Council and TfL, where the leader eventually agreed to support the campaign after several assemblies of uh, polite haranguing, um, and TfL agreed to give us a grant because we were a community group. So that was the second action, so we got that. The third action arose after a sort of fallow year of not really getting anywhere. So we got, great, okay, we've got some support, um, we've got the promise of a grant. Then Lambeth Council changed hands and we had a new leader who wasn't playing ball and TfL was slow to release the grant. So, third action, we did something creative, again, driven by the young people that we work with. A housing-shaped stall outside Lambeth Council with flyers, getting thousands of signatures from the public to say, I support affordable homes, and a whiteboard campaign saying, I support affordable homes. All of the council's lead, um, colleagues on that day, the council leaders' colleagues, walked past us, signed, held a whiteboard, got their photo taken, because of course everybody believes in affordable homes. He was the only one not to sign. In the end, he had to, met with us, and gave us support. We're now at planning stage, and the campaign is still going. So that is a really, really exciting thing. Um, and it's an example of how we use different actions along a campaign. That was like exactly three minutes. Thank you very much, Lucy. Um, does anybody have any, actually two seconds, short, just enough for me to say that. Um, does anybody have any questions for Lucy about um, the stages, how that was planned, uh, anything, anything that they needed to take into account when planning it? Yeah, for Kyle? 
um, like how many people were helping you to campaign? Sorry, what did you say? How many people were? Yeah, and which, what type of people were you? In the campaign? Yeah. So it was an alliance of community groups. Um, so it was different members, um, different, as I said, there were lots of schools involved, there was a university, and we had also different faith groups. And we also got on board some community centres, but that got built up. And we also reached out to people on local estates. But that didn't start out, that's how we ended up. Thanks. Um, we'll have some time for questions later on as well. But what I'll do is we'll, I'll move on to Sophie, who's going to talk to us about a couple of projects she's been involved in. Go ahead. Um, so I wanted to, to sort of talk about um, what the actions that I've taken that are quite personal, but have been publicly accessible. And, and that's the kind of link I guess of how they're public actions um, one of my uh, big issues is with the stigma that exists um, towards people that are doing their learning not in school um, and, and I wanted to like a lot of my work is around challenging that where there's basically that a school-based education is um, is an education and other learning is kind of like nothing um, and uh, and so one of the ways in which I've I have I'm in the process of a public action on that was um, uh, I decided I wanted to do a master's because I was doing lots of informal research around childhood, children's rights, history of parenthood, patriarchy, like a whole bunch of stuff. And it was like scrappy. There was like bits of reading here, bits of reading there. It wasn't well organized. It was just kind of informal research that I was doing on the go. Um, and so I thought, oh, if I do a master's, then that's going to give it credibility or give me credibility. It will give me a structure and I'll get to meet other people. And that sounds like a good idea. But at the time, I was already committed to unschooling <laughs> with, my, with um, the children in my family. And I was a community organizer as an unschooler as well. And I found myself in this tension around my beliefs about education and learning being something that you can do yourself and can happen outside an institution. And then finding myself seeking the validation of an institution around some of the learning I wanted to do. So, um, and, and I also couldn't find a good master's course that met all my needs and was specific enough to my particular question. Um, so I knew that if I did sign up for a master's, not only would I get into debt, um, be working someone else's schedule uh, and be learning stuff which was irrelevant to me and my what I wanted to do I'd also be kind of like not really following through on my own beliefs and values about education so instead I decided that I would create my own unschooled master's program so I used it I kind of used a model of a master's program that exists in like a well-respected university look to see what they offer in their masters like how it was structured and then I used that as a template and stripped it out and basically built my own alternative program and then I happened to know through Twitter and networking um, unschooling kind of networking a professor at a university in Canada who's also an unschooling parent and asked him if he would be my unschooled master's tutor remotely from Canada so that basically I had a person in the institution who could check the quality of what I was doing was equivalent to what he would expect of a master's student within a university basically to make sure that it couldn't be criticised as, as being not as good as what you would do at university standard. And he also could supply me with um, journal documents and other stuff, which was hard for me to get access to um, by not being in the university. And then my approach was to essentially blog the entirety of it. So blog 
why I was doing it, blog all my notes, like as I was researching, blog all my resources, blog it all into the public domain so that I also had this like visible public record of the whole lot should someone criticise what I was doing or say that it wasn't as good as the university equivalent. Um, and yeah, and so that was it. It's awesome. And, and what's, what's fun is that um, through doing it, I actually learned enough for me to then take on my next um, projects. So it's an ongoing bit of research that's probably going to take quite a long time because I learned and now I'm doing rather than being stuck in the learning stage um and also i'm really happy to say that it's been inspiring to other folk who have some of the same questions about education some of the same barriers and so there are now other unschooled masters out there that people are creating also on their own public platforms um and so it's been contagious as a as an approach which i'm super pumped about um and yeah so that's it am i at three minutes i mean i don't know what does it say so I forgot to put the timer on, but that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> before we take questions, do you mind if I share screen what your UMA website looks like? Sure thing. So uh, this is the Unschooled Masters of Arts website. So you can you see all the there's there's all the modules of all the research that's been done, um, and there's just reams of pages and and um, um, we should kind of follow what what a course would look like if you did it at school. Um, so it's so it's publicly accessible, which is which is different from what you would get at university, where you can't actually see what the work is. You need you need a, you need the right GCSEs, the right A levels, the right amounts of cash, the right access, the right like accents or whatever it is that's going to be a barrier. So this is allowing that all to be accessible. Um, does anyone have any questions for Sophia? I can put that link also down for anyone to visit if they want to. Whoops. Yeah, does anyone have any questions? So one thing I think is really interesting about this project is that the public space is, a, is, is an online public space as well, um, as well as a, a physical public space. And that, that's quite interesting for, for actors and how people use social media as well. Um, all right, so if there aren't any questions, I'll move on to, to my presentation, um, which is here. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. All right, so um, one of the things that Sophie mentioned, actually, let me put my timer on because I'll probably take more than three minutes. Ah. Um, one, of, um, one of the... Um, things that Sophie mentioned, which really resonates with me, is that the, doing it in the public space, can it doesn't need to be an end in itself, it can be a way to reach into something else. So often with, for example, a university degree or, um, or other types of actions, that's kind of like an end in itself. Oh, I have my diploma, I'm done. Oh, I've done, uh, I've done my action. But one thing that I think is really interesting about the public space is it allows you to play and it allows you to try things out. And I, I, I was thinking about how to describe it. And there's some um, terminology used by a poet called Bayo Akomolafe, which I really like, which is about fugitive spaces. So I like the idea of the public space being a fugitive space for birthing the new. Sometimes it's difficult to birth something new within private spaces where rules and regulations and, and boundaries are so strict 
so, so sometimes public space can be used as activism to try out something new that's hap- that can happen. Um, what my, my interest in using the public space is around creating alternative forms of um, education communities where people can learn together. And more important, so part of it is about learning in community with other people and the other idea is learning in relationship with the world around you. So the big challenge I'm trying to um, work through in my work is to um, break the barriers of the school and create, create schools, if you will, with more permeable boundaries where you're able to learn with others and in relationship with the world around you. There are lots of examples of these. There's example of the School Without Walls, which, was, which um, I think still exists in New York, but opened in the 1970s. Um, there's whole cities that are being designed as learning cities, encouraging people not to actually go to school, but instead to learn in your city. Then you can look up Udaipur as a learning city. The Anti-University Now was a project started in the 60s which to challenge the kind of gatekeeping of universities and who gets to create knowledge. So there's, um, and there's a group called Anti-University Now which is still doing that kind of work. The Ecoversities Network is an alternative universities network which is around um, reimagining our relationship with place and um, a lot of it works on gift culture, so trying to break away the private nature and the, the kind of glass... Uh, the, the money barrier that um, that stops access, um, and then there's ideas such as place-based education, which a lot of mainstream schools also use as part of their curriculum. But what I was involved in was um, the um, the Inside Out School, which was an experiment that I did in 2016. And the Inside Out School started when I met. I'm already at three minutes. All right, I'll try to be real quick. The fact that there are no questions for the others, I'm going to steal some of your time. Um, so the Inside Out School, um, I, I left mainstream education schools in 2014 looking for alternatives and was inspired by a lot of the examples that I just shared. And in 2016, I met a family who lived in a council estate in Brixton where the child was a school refuser. And about 11% of UK children are school refusing because they find schooling so traumatic or so so degrading or um, causes so much mental health angst that they just refuse to go to school. And often they end up in pupil referral units or they end up in really unfair circumstances that do do not allow them to meet their full potential. So I met this family and... And I was looking to see how to, what I could do in London, with London being a public space for learning. And it all started one day where it was Christmas. It was right after Christmas. And we walked down the street and there was a Christmas tree that was dumped on the floor. And um, the girl, I, the, the daughter, who was a school refuser, was like, oh, why are there so many trees all over the street? Every, every few meters, there was a tree that was dumped. So we thought, oh, why don't we collect them and and see what we can do with them? So so we put out a so we put out a poster, invited people to take a Christmas tree for a walk. I don't know if you know the term, take a line for a walk. Um, and we ended up um, doing oh, how do I move this along? And then we ended up doing a whole series of sessions where we we made oils, we built. We built boundaries around around gardens. Sophie, you'll recognize that garden, which looks quite different now. Um, we made furniture. That meant that we got to find out who all the local carpenters were, 
who were very happy for us to use their equipment. We made, um, we made all sorts of playful things with, with them. So that was kind of the birth of the Inside Out School. And we ran for a year each Friday doing something in the public space, which was inspired by the public space. So the more we were out, the more we would see things. And the more we'd see things, the more we'd get ideas for things to do. So I'll just run you through some of the things that we did. Um, I met Jan, who's on the call today, who, was, who, um, who had taken me to the New Covent Garden Market because there's tons of food that gets thrown out every day at the New Covent Garden Market, which was a wholesale fruit and veg space. So we took the children to the New Covent Garden Market to glean which is what people used to do in the fields after the potato harvest, to pick all the potatoes that weren't worth picking. So, so, so it's food for the poor. And in London, or in the UK, we throw away over a third of the food that, that we produce. So we went to New Common Garden to pick food and ended up, so through picking the food, you get, um, you, can, you learn how to read and write because you're making lists of things, but you're also engaging in the public space. So we, we ended up, oh, someone's in the waiting room, just a minute. So we ended up with um, doing stalls, but then we ended up with much more food than we could handle, which meant that we could have parties. So then you're out in the public space having a party with food. And then we thought, oh, for gathering people with food, why don't we show a film? So then we ended up with a series of events called Film and Feast that we did every Friday showing films for action. But that was thanks to just being observant of the public space. And these are our film screenings. Um, but then, like, I'm just going to run you through some examples. We, we visited squats, also courtesy of Jan. Um, we, um, that we started paying attention to our local area. So there's an example, there's a, there's a statue called the Brown Dog Statue. If you Google the Brown Dog Affair, it's a really interesting example of, um, of in South London, of um, class warfare around animal rights um, and the statue that was pulled down. Um, so we went to visit, it was pulled down. There's a new one that we went to see and looked at. Um, so then you get, you get history, you get art um, and, um, and, and local history as well. We, we did lots of outdoor wild living things. We, and, but then we ended up, what, what happened is we ended up meeting people. And the more you met people, when you met people, we met, people that we wouldn't meet in school because they don't get to access school so much, um, but people who are passionate about things. So we met Phil, like a photographer who taught us how to make our own cameras. We, we um, got involved in pollinator activities. Um, we looked to um, raising our own tadpole and um, finding tadpoles. Um, this wasn't a tadpole that we raised, it was a different one. I'd love to say we raised that, we didn't. Um, visited studios, um, made our own films. Um, but all of this, the cool thing about it is that all of it is in the public. So you're, 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 you become aware of your surroundings and your surroundings matter to you. And by doing that, it, it's, it's subverting what schooling is, is about and what education is about. And there's no way you could do something like this in the private space. Um, we, we looked at creating a library of things because you're we inspired by someone who we met who ran a library of things, which is similar to a library of books. We searched for secret streams. So these are just examples. And as Sophie said, this, the, the, the beauty of public action is that it's a fugitive space for the creation, for the birth of the new. So for me, it, it, it was a bit of an incubator. I learned what I learned and then was able to apply it in, in a project 
that is meaningful for me. So, so it's led to me starting, along with some other people, a project called Freebie Grow, um, which takes a lot of that learning into, into um, a more structured space. And in a way, I wish it wasn't so structured, but it is. Um, so that's, that's an example. That, that's, anyway, that's, that's my example, which is, which is um, um, for me, using the public space I'm interested in the public space not to protest in order to ask those in power to change something, but to create the thing that you want to create. And, and that's why I find it really, really fascinating. Um, okay, so that's me. Any questions before I move on to Jan? All right, let's move on to Jan. Jan, I've got a, I've got a presentation for you. Should I bring it up? Yeah, yeah please do, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know exactly what's there and compared to the other presentations, it's not as structured. So yeah, cool. Um, so I'll, I'll just start with the, the idea of subvertising. So what you see is, um, is uh, ad, it's, it's called um, ad hack. So that means that you design your own bus poster that's on the, on the bus stops and you, you open the advertising space and you, you know, put there your own. And usually that's used for activism, such as, you know, when there was the, um, the COP21, which was the, the, the climate change meeting in Paris, people designed their posters uh, to bring attention to climate change and to sort of use a bit more radical voices that are usually allowed because the public space is usually quite sort of sanitized and it's quite tightly controlled and um, it's quite curated. So a lot of people don't really have a way of expressing their opinions in there. So um, doing the, the, the bus posters thing is uh, quite an interesting, creative, effective way of, um, you know, uh, getting your message through. So, so um, that's quite cool. Uh, can we go to the, to the next one? Oh, so this is actually my personal artwork. So the one on the left is uh, from uh, Jerusalem, from a neighborhood that's called Silwan. It's a Palestinian neighborhood just behind the old city in Jerusalem. And I was really interested in idea, um, in idea of, you know, creating artworks like murals like this one in a very deprived neighborhood, which sort of um, suffer from serious political conflicts, let's say. And um, the neighborhood of Silvan is kind of very deprived. There's not really much artwork there. There's a lot of army. Uh, there's a lot of rubbish on the street because there is no rubbish collection. So um, what happened all around the world is that the artists came to neighborhoods like that and they completely transformed, that, transformed the neighborhoods. And I think with this transformation, it sort of allows um, other transformation, not just of the urban space, but of people's mindset and the realities around it. So um, I'm still I'm still very interested in that idea, and uh, it's it's quite a simple way to to, to do this actually. I, it's, it's 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 bringing just like a bucket of paint and and asking people if if you can paint on their wall, and they usually say yes because it's just going to look nicer to them. And usually the, the environment they live in is, is not very nice. So, um, so yeah, that's another way. Uh, the, 
the artwork, uh, the next art, um, oh, just the artwork next to it is a, is a sculpture I made. I found all the materials for it on the street across the place where I lived at the time. And it took me about two weeks to finish it. And um, then I started to bring it out to, to the park. And um, it was just a, sort of a nice way to engage with the surroundings. And um, kids really like it and they like to play with it and, and, um, and to sort of run around. Um, and so I suppose that's another example of uncommissioned piece um, and sort of treating the public or even private space, you know, as uh, your own as, and as something that you have uh, your uh, that you have rights to. Um, can we go to the next one? Yeah. So this is a mural that I did in Hackneywick, and uh, Hackneywick is really, really interesting neighborhood. It's um, it's a part of East London. Um, that houses it's a, it's it houses creative community that mostly lives in warehouses and it's full of graffiti and murals and all sorts of artwork even sculptures and um, it's over the years it's sort of become an autonomous zone so the graffiti and everything that's there isn't legal no one asks for permission but now that 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 neighborhood is in the state that it's like completely autonomous and you can just do it there. No one cares. Police is not gonna stop you. So it's not legal per se, but everyone can do it. So it's, it's really interesting because you can see sort of how people express themselves in a really uncurated way. So it's a little bit chaotic, but um, you have like the weirdest things there. You have like, you know, people, people scribbling, who do they like? Who do they love? There, there's, there's things like, um, there's like a really iconic graffiti that's around East London that just says, not has herpes. So it's just about someone having a disease. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of BLM stuff. There's a lot of activism stuff. Um, there's really beautiful artwork. There's really beautiful graffiti. Graffiti is, is like a typography. So that's when you write letters. There, there's sort of ugly stuff as well, and it's constantly changing, and it's in constant flux. Um, and I suppose maybe the idea of, um, of of that particular space is that if you ignore the rules for long enough, they just don't matter anymore after a while. <laughs> Can we go to the next one? Is there anything else? Yeah, yeah we, there, there are plenty more. I'm just aware of time. Are you good to take uh, one more minute? Uh, sure. I, I can... Okay. Yeah, this is just this is just another um, example of subvertising. The ones before, I just took the posters and I painted over them, and then then I put them back. I talked about subvertising already. Uh, these are my personal artworks that uh, I print, and then I just weed paste them. So basically, I make a glue that's uh, basically made of flour and water, and uh, I just stick those pictures on the wall. And that's a very simple way of getting your message across, messages across. Can you tell us about the glue? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. This is just another example of it's. Um, I, I drew the, the Black Lives Matter protests. You know, it's kind of like a reflection of policing in the United States. Um, so I just, I just, I just pasted that. I, I just printed this artwork and pasted it um, on different walls around East London. 
Um, and it's, this is like a very, very cheap way and it's a very simple way to, to, to put your um, message to public space. Thank you very much, Jan. Um, does anybody have any questions for Jan before we, before we move on? Um, yeah, Sophie. I just had a quick question, just is it based on things that I have seen of Jan's work elsewhere? And I was just wondering if, if you had any comments around tattooing as private public expression? Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting question, actually. So I suppose um, for me, tattooing, it's... Um, um, I really don't make the distinction as much. So in my practice, Every, every medium kind of um, intertwines with each other. Um, so often I take, I, I even take pictures, like a mural that I made in public space and I tattoo it on someone's body. So it kind of becomes a private thing. But then also, you know, I suppose for me, tattoos are first for yourself and they're not to show, but they are seen by other people. So I suppose there's, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting sort of, to, it's interesting to define the boundaries um, of tattooing with, between private and public. I suppose it's more private, but um, it's, it's also public and I'm not quite sure when the boundaries are. I think they're quite blurred. <laughs> um, um, Fikayo, I wouldn't use tattoos either. I think it each each yeah. to their own. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, thank you very much. Well, I, I'm. I realize you. This. Um, this is the time has. It's incredible how quickly it goes um, when you're not paying attention. <laughs> um, so what we'll do is I'm quickly going to pass over to Sophie. You wanted to say a couple of things about legality um, of of public actions. Yeah, basically just to double check is all I wanted to say about it. I mean, at Phoenix, we don't have enough, we don't have deep knowledge on legality around public action, so we're not the right person to be informing about that. But there's loads of useful information on the internet. I know there's some um, information on the um, on the UK SCN website around legalities, for example, around um, gatherings in public spaces and when you know what you can do without even needing to worry about the legality and when you do need to think about things. So just to flag that. Um, to check out your actions and then make informed choices about what you want to do. All right, perfect. And we also have a, um, an event coming up on Thursday at 3 p.m., um, which is a session with a, a human rights lawyer who focuses specifically on education law. So that, that is probably a really good natural other session to go to to look at where the boundaries of the law is and how it can be used before needing to go public, although sometimes it's fun to go public regardless of the law. Um, yes, Beth. Just really quickly wanted to add in, so um, it was uh, in the last month, but I've been doing these sessions with, it, they're called Garden Court Chambers, and it's like a chamber of barristers in London, and they did like a weekly session which was looking at a different element of like protest law, protest injunction, um, and but they look at like case uh, like case law and all of the um, they were like zoom meetings but all of the meetings and the presentations that they made are, are online so if you go to garden court chambers onto their website you can find like hours it was it was really amazing so, 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 so. that's amazing 
I've just typed it there. I have a friend from uni works for them for ages, so I'm asking about it. Um, okay, so what we're going to do, we have five minutes. I was going to check if everyone's okay staying for five extra minutes. If it runs over a bit or, yeah? Okay, great. So what we'll do is we'll quickly pass on to Lucy, who has a checklist ready for some questions you might want to ask yourself if you were considering doing a public action. Yeah, so um, I'm conscious that my contribution today comes from within a very particular um, place of taking action, and I'm really excited to hear other people's. Um, but um, when I used to do um, public actions, I always used to have a checklist. Uh, so I was wondering if people could quickly put in the chat for one minute, what questions do you normally ask yourself, if at all, uh, when you take an action? <laughs> See, these are the questions I would like to be asking myself more. <laughs> okay. What am I trying to achieve? Like that one. What message am I presenting? Yeah, who can I do it with? Will people support you? I like, will I get caught? Is this the best route to what I want? What are the options? How can I get, I like that one, Simi. How can I get people from all backgrounds involved? I think that's really important. And then if we had more time, it'd be really good to talk about critiques of actions and how they may include or not include people. Uh, is it gonna be beneficially good for more than just me? Nice. I think that's really, really good. So I have, again, a slightly less exciting checklist than all the amazing answers you've given. Um, so I tend to say, uh, I'm just putting this in the chat, I tend to uh, ask myself about the reaction. So what's the purpose? Um, this is a corny phrase, we used to say the action's in the reaction. Um, but <laughs> it just reminds me to say, you know, well, what's actually coming out of this? What, what could I do something else for? Uh, well, why not do this? But what's the purpose? Uh, the target, so who are you targeting or what are you targeting and why? Turnout, so do you need anybody to come to this? You might not, but if you do, how many? Do you need anyone else? Do you, are you looking for press? Um, negotiation, so that used to be negotiation, but I appreciate, again, the action should never just be about uh, working with decision makers or getting something from somebody. And I really like the examples about... Um, creating the space you want to see or creating that society that you want um, but um, sometimes you might want to think about well, do you need to negotiate with anyone or do you need to force a change or force an attempt somebody's attention so how are you going to get that um, and then lastly an evaluation uh, how are you or how is somebody else going to learn from this and will this lead to something else so that's just something that I use um, but yeah I really liked everyone's ideas thank you very much um, because it's time, what I'm going to do is, firstly, are there any questions before we do a checkout? All right, in which case, for the checkout, what I'd like to propose... Yes, I do, I do, I do. Oh, I yeah, do. go ahead, Claire. Um, what's the next meeting? What's the next meeting? Um, the change makers lab meeting. It's at five o'clock. It's about whether universities, a university research can be used for radical change in education. Okay. All right, any other questions related to this session? Or thoughts or ideas that have come up? 
in which case what I'll do is ask, um, go around the circle again for a checkout. Jess, how are you feeling? And we were going to do a breakout room where everyone was going to design their public action. But as we don't have time, we ask another question. Um, get, give me one second, Fukayo. We'll, okay. we'll do that in the checkout, okay? You can ask your question in the checkout. But um, okay. we're going to do a breakout room where, each, where people design their, their, a public action related to their event, their, their campaign. So what I'd like you to do is, if you had to think of one, I'm, I'm really curious, Hamilton, what a public action would look like for free play and can just imagine like your 150 homeschooling families all going out to the park simultaneously. But uh, if you were to design one for your campaign, um, what are some quick ideas that come to you in the checkout? And so I'll give you a minute to think about yours and I'll go around the circle again. Um, so. You can just share a feeling in a closing session, a uh, closing remark. Okay. Is it my you, turn? You oh, Hamilton's go, go. turn. No, you go Hamilton because oh. it's so live for you. Go. Okay, cool. Um, we, we already do the playground thing. Um, but, but also, uh, I guess some other public actions we do, we have a, and I know this was going to do, but, but this, these are things we do now. The Museum of Modern Art lets kids in for free. Um, so what we've been doing there is, is, is they have a little library and we do a writing group there, but the kids actually go up into the museum on their own for like the first 10, 15 minutes and look at a gallery and then come back. And, and so, and, and that's been really good because sometimes the guards try to stop them. Sometimes they have to go back and we go through and it's all very fine and peaceful. But, but again, it's normalizing that, that they're in the space. And, and so that, that's one. Thank you very much, Hamilton. Um, Sophie. Oh, I love that. It's so cool. I just love like it's that whole thing of um, that by living you are there is an action in being and and um, being in public spaces during school time as a child really is a is a is quite a provocative action, which I felt as a parent in that situation. And I find is really powerful. But for me right now, I'm thinking about how podcasting I mean, I don't know whether that counts as a public action. It feels like it does to me because you are sharing stories in this public and easily accessible way. But um, I just have loved this session and, and the power of story and people sharing, especially people coming from different experiences and countries and and disciplines in a way um, is so exciting and I just would like to explore that more. Thank you. Um, Jan. Oh sorry I just uh, zoomed out a little bit but what was the question? <laughs> it's a checkout. How are you feeling? And oh, okay. Yeah just how are you feeling for now? Because you're Oh, I'm feeling great. This was a really interesting session. Thank you, everyone, for your input and for coming here. It's been really interesting. Um, yeah, I hope you liked my little presentation. It was a bit unplanned, so sorry it wasn't that co coherent. Um, I might have to leave pretty soon because I'm going to Stonehenge tomorrow and I just need to finish packing. But um, yeah, thanks for this session. It was uh, pretty amazing and really interesting. Thanks, Jan. We're, we're wrapping up now, so we should, this should be finished within a couple of minutes. Um, um, hi, uh, I love this. I didn't have any questions, but I had a lot to think about. And um, yeah, um, loved it. One thing that might come to mind, I love, Sophie, the, the podcast idea, because now what's public is, is on the internet. And there is a question as to who has access to the internet, for sure. But um, but yeah, um, I I agree with the publicness of of being defined differently um, sometimes. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like a 
like a sharing group of some sort in the middle of, I don't know, Leicester Square or something. Um, just similar to this circle, but in real life. I don't know. Maybe. Thank you, Leilak. Um, Simi. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the session. I just found it so interesting how like public spaces become and communities become used to these sorts of public actions that is kind of like, why were they resistant to it in the first place? But um, yeah, and in terms of public actions, like my mind's racing and kind of, of what's public and you know using social media as a public space and then also coordinating between schools. So I've got a lot mm. of ideas now. Cool, thank you. Fakayo. I think I think Simi just spoke, spoke for me. She's like she said what I wanted to say, but like it's so great that we have like a lot of people who are experiencing this. And like for a young person like me, it's great that I'm just listening because like how will it be when we're old? Like when I'm older, I'll be able to have some experience and give back to the community like how you're doing. And it's just great to hear from adults. Um, about these type of experiences and it's so great I have people that are like me who are ambitious about these type of stuff. Thanks and Kayo's uh, um, going to be presenting uh, his idea for a campaign at the Passion Pitches event on Sunday at five if people want to come and big him up. Um, all right. Thank you, thank you. Oh yeah I had to ask a question. Oh yeah. There's, a, there's another meeting at seven I just thought. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, um, I went on the website. But should, should I just share my screen? Um, wait. Why don't you Why don't you um, message us because people are going to need to go. I'll just get Lucy's checkout and then message me. Message us your question. Yeah, Lucy. I'm feeling really great. I feel really excited to be in this space with other people who are thinking about this. Um, I'd be really interested to think more about how young people don't have to work within the confines of like their schools to kind of like, you know, just have to work within institutions like working with MPs and counsellors and more about kind of creating the futures and spaces that they want to see. Um, so that's what I'm thinking about now. Thank you very much. Um, all right. So I think we're going to wrap up. I'm just trying to look for Kaya to see if there's something on at seven um, today. Um, I think today's last session, yes, there is one called Superpowered, Finding the Benefits of Neurodiversity at 7. Are you coming? I won't be going to that one. I've got a friend's birthday party to go to. Uh, <laughs> are there, um, you are welcome are to go to it. Okay. Have a lovely afternoon. Thank you all for coming. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wait, um, Ron, can you, can you stay for um, a bit so I can ask you some questions? So I, have, I have a meeting to go to, but I'm happy to stay for a couple of minutes for sure. Go ahead. We've got, I've got to go because we've got the, the team meeting now. Yeah, that's what I need to go to. I'll, I'll just chat to Pakaya for a minute, see what he needs, and then I'll come, come and join. Hi, Hi, what's up? Oh, yeah, thanks for bigging me up. <laughs> I, I think your idea is going to be great and I'd like quite a few people to come and hear it um, I think we need to promote it and I wondered whether you would be up for if you're on WhatsApp do you have a group of friends that, do you have groups do you know like groups of young people on WhatsApp yeah I so, mean, not, on, not on WhatsApp but on Gmail 
um, and some of my friends. So, do you want to share this event with them so that you can so that they they can be there when you present? And maybe uh, they want to present some stuff as well. Here, I'll give you the link. You know, Miss Dalton. Yeah. You know, Miss Dalton, right? Yeah. Can you can you please email? Oh, oh no. Because I don't think my friends are into this type of stuff. Oh really? There are some of my friends that are. But email them. Yeah, maybe think about specific people who might be interested. There's like this girl called Quiver. You know yeah. her? No. No. Oh, like she is. She's. Oh, maybe email her. Hmm? Maybe email her. Invite her to come. I have. You have? All but right, cool. It's the holidays, so people don't really check their emails. Yeah. Like, she's, a really, she's a really good campaigner. She campaigned for like, um, what do you call it? climate change she's like a really big activist amazing amazing all right cool well, look have a think about your pitch it's only two minutes so you need to think about how you want to present it and i would try to okay. think about what story you want to tell when you do it and what is your campaign goal what do you want to achieve do i have to say a story you don't have to it's just stories are quite good to get people's heartstrings tugging Yes, I do have a story, but it's not like, um, oh yeah, a story about me. All right, cool. That's perfect. It's always best when it's your own. Yeah. So look, I've got to go because I have a meeting, but I'll, um, I'll catch you at five o'clock. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freedom to Learn podcast. For more information about our work, check out our website at freedomtolearn.uk and find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.